Hey there, and welcome to The Tent. Uh, this is Scott Fellman, your host, and I just wanted to uh, thank you very much for stopping by and spending a little part of your day with us again. Uh, today, I want to kind of talk about a topic that um, comes up frequently in conversations and social media um, about um, utilizing botanicals in our aquarium. And it's funny, literally minutes after I published the the written version of this topic, one of my favorite customers just <laughs> touched, you know, sent me a DM on Facebook and said, hey, what do you think about blah, 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 which was the exact topic that we're talking about today. So I guess it's top of mind in a lot of people. So we'll jump right into it. Um, we receive quite a few questions about the long-term utilization of botanicals and essentially how they react and function in our aquariums. Now, specifically, we receive a surprising number of inquiries from hobbyists who either want a darker tint or want to know how to just keep it longer. So first off, I, I want to be clear, <laughs> no pun intended, about one thing. I have no real scientific basis to back up my recommended ways of creating this darker tint in your aquarium. I can make some recommendations of materials and the ideas to do the job based solely on my experience and the experience of others who work with this stuff every day. So um, I don't quite know the science behind it. Um, there's definitely some scientific you know, principles involved and how things are imparted and absorbed and so forth. And it's something that those of you that might be better versed in physical, you know, sciences or, or um, organic and inorganic chemistry might be able to give us some more insight on, but I'm going to go with my hobbyist level uh, hunches and my limited biological background to, uh, to kind of go with what I think is, uh, is the, you know, the best way to go and what some ideas to get you started. Now, sure, you can achieve a darker, deeper tint in your aquarium by starting with materials which seem to have a different tint capability. A strong, in other words, botanicals that seem to impart more color into the water. Now, believe it or not, over the years in playing with all these things, I have found materials that to me and to others who work with them seem to impart a significantly deeper color into the water. Uh, my top choices for botanicals that we offer to accomplish this would be materials like catapa bark, of which we offer like three different varieties. That's how geeky we are. Um, red mangrove bark, alder cones, uh, red mangrove leaves, catapa leaves, uh, nipa palm pods, cocoa palm bracts, which are the kind of little sections of, that you find on the stems, Texas live oak leaves. Uh, oak twigs and then banana stem pieces not necessarily in any order those are just ones that come to top of mind and although that's not an exhaustive list these are just some of the materials which have sort of reliably and consistently produced a darker deeper tint in many of my personal aquariums and those of many of our customers the bark and the cones in particular are in my opinion probably among the best of the best at releasing tannins for creating that nice dark color which everybody seems to want now, if you pressed me and I had to select one item to do the most consistent job in imparting the dark color, it would have to be red mangrove bark. This stuff can really color up the water in a relatively short period of time. And in my opinion, it has the added benefit of being aesthetically interesting. If you break it up in pieces or even drop it in large chunks in your tank, it kind of mimics the materials that you would find in a natural habitat on the substrate. So it has some aesthetic and utilitarian benefits to it that I think are are, um, you know, placing among the, the top botanicals that we work with. Now, let's remember a couple of things. First, the color or intensity of the color is not an indication of the pH of the water. That's like the most common misnomer is like your water is not going to be, you know, super acid just because it's dark. Color and the 
um, you know, pH are completely unrelated, at least in my experience. If you're using reverse osmosis water for pretreatment, which does yield, you know, relatively pure water, essentially devoid of carbonate hardness, the pH is more easily and significantly and impacted and manipulated by adding botanical materials. But again, there's no guarantees that, you know, adding X amount of, you know, alder cones is going to drop your pH, you know, 16 points in two days or whatever. You're going to have to experiment. And that's the thing that I know is a little bit frustrating. And of course, if you utilize many different chemical filtration media, such as activated carbon or materials like Seachem Purigen, both of which I love, to any, if you're using this stuff to any significant extent, you're almost certainly removing a good percentage of the coloration as fast as the materials are imparting it into the water. These media excel at removing the tint and, and the color which botanical materials you know, put into the water. Now, sure, you can use these materials regularly and continuously for their ability to remove dissolved organics or impurities and still keep some coloration. I do. I've used, uh, with the exception of Seachem Purigen, I've used carbon and I've used a material called Polyfilter, which I've talked about before, on a regular basis. And it, in my opinion, it has not significantly altered the tint. I did a live Instagram broadcast yesterday where I showed my uh, two Connectees to Kano tank where I use a it's only like a, I think a nine gallon US gallon aquarium. And I'm using a polyfilter pad, which is a chemical absorbent media, which is that polyfilter pad get cover up to, I think a 50 gallon tank. And there's no degradation of the color, but the water's crystal clear and, and the, the chemically the parameters are super stable. So you can use chemical filtration media. You just have to think through it. And um, my first question that I will ask people and, and you'd want to use, if you're going to use carbon, you use less than what the manufacturers are recommending, which kind of goes without saying. So my first question when people ask me, why is my tank not stain tinted, is are you using chemical filtration media in your aquarium? And how, if so, how much? Um, now, some other hypotheses that I've come up with about why some tanks don't achieve or maintain a significant tint is that I think we're often simply not using enough of the botanicals required to do the job. You know, these are natural materials, so... Sure, they all have some degree of tannins in, in their tissues. We just don't, we can't do an assay where we know every single pod that weighs four ounces or, you know, two grams or whatever is going to have X amount of tint producing tannin in it. It's just, just no way to analyze this on a practical basis where we can say, use four of these per gallon or whatever. If you notice, we offer very little in the way of dosage instructions or how much or how many botanicals to use in your aquarium. There's just too many variables, some of which we brought up, you know, already for us to really make any kind of reasonably accurate or responsible recommendation. Rather, it's more about selecting the materials you like and adding them until the desired coloration is achieved and maintained. Not exactly a, uh, a science, probably more of an art and a science, but that's also the beauty of, of this art of botanical aquariums. There's a certain romance attached, in, at least in my mind, to sort of doing things a little bit by the seat of the pants. Ultimately, you get an idea of how much you need for a given aquarium. Every aquarium operates differently. Uh, and, and the other thought that I had, and this is where my weak understanding of chemistry uh, is on glaring display, is that tannins, of which, by the way, there are hundreds, if not thousands, might have a sort of like half-life. In other words, maybe their ability to produce colors, um, you know, it degrades over time. And, and there might be some validity to this idea. I mean, think about wine in which the coloration or taste imparted by tannins can degrade or change over time. So perhaps it's the same in our aquariums in warm water, with water movement, with uh, things being absorbed possibly into substrate, 
um, being bound up by chemical reactions that we're not even really certain, uh, you know, how, how they work. That's a possibility. And another thing, um, one of my friends, uh, brought up in a, in a DM today, <laughs> the guy, the very person that asked me to, about this topic, um, his name is Alex. Alex came up with a really interesting thought. He, he has a tank with, um, frog bit, you know, very fast growing aquatic plant. And he said, I wonder if they are absorbing some of the tannins. And I thought, you know, that, that might be possible. I am not an, a botanist or an aquatic plant specialist by any means, but my understanding is that plants do absorb certain, you know, elements and, and uh, chemical compounds from the water for part of their nutrition or just by re- the way they react to their environment. So is it outside the realm of possibility that perhaps they could be, for want of a better word, sucking up some of the, the tannins, the coloration um, during their growth phase in the aquarium? I think it's possible. I think it's entirely possible. Um, and, you know, that's part of the fun of what we're doing. And it's still kind of a ground floor thing as we associate science and nature with the work of what we're doing in aquariums. There's a lot to put together. And this thought kind of brings to mind a concept that we've embraced for a long time, for as long as we played with botanicals in our aquariums. Botanicals are ephemeral. In other words, they decompose steadily and at a speed dictated by their environment, their physical size, how much tannin might be contained in the tissues of a given seed pod or a leaf, and the chemical and physical composition of your water, among many other factors. And in order to maintain consistent you know, conditions and colorations, we would simply advise you to continuously evaluate, replace um, these materials as they break down particularly in situations where you're doing a lot of water exchanges or using significant amounts of those aforementioned chemical filtration media. So in other words, consider botanicals as a consumable item requiring regular and consistent replacement in your aquarium. If you do that, you'll you'll be a lot happier because you will at least be able to achieve some more consistent results. Um, And of course, as your aquatic a botanical vendor, I will be happier because it keeps us in business. But no, the reality is I think it's important to evaluate these things and continuously replenish them as you see fit. And of course, if we draw our inspiration from nature, which is what we do here, in natural aquatic habitats where you have the leaves and seed pods and other botanical materials present at all times, there's sort of a typically a continuous replenishment of them. Think about it as some materials completely decompose, new materials are continuously falling from the trees or they're being washed into the water by, you know, wind, weather, seasonal leaf drop, etc. So there's this continuous parade of materials going into the aquatic system and that helps maintain a stable, consistent environment and, you know, to some extent, the coloration, which could vary. And of course, you also have soils and you have substrates. Those are other things I I didn't mention, but um, various like planted aquarium substrates, Heat, some of our the materials that we use, the coconut core based products like the Fundu Tropical and Substrato Fino, and uh, our soon to be released um, Igapo type substrates, they have materials in them which impart color to the water. So those are possibilities too. And of course, wood. I mean, you, you only have to go on an aquatic plant or aquascaping forum to hear those pleads for pleading, you know request for help from a a hobbyist who put a piece of wood in their tank and they're wondering when is the color going to go away and of course I'm excited about that sort of thing but you know planted people freak out I get it 
<laughs> so, you know, also that's another, you know, little hack. And then the final hack that I've mentioned before too, is if you make up water ahead of time, utilizing some form of pretreatment, you know, like reverse osmosis or deionization or whatever, just add some botanicals into your storage containers and pretint the water a little bit. Um, now I'll admit this is literally trial and error. You're simply going to need to experiment to see what the impact on your makeup water is. There's just no exact recommendation of this. And I know people are always seeking that exact recommendation, that dial a, dial a river kind of thing. And I just don't think it's possible, at least not at this point in time, until we have accurate ways to test for all these things. So in summary, select the materials that are known to impart significant tannin-derived coloration. Um, limit the use of chemical filtration media like activated carbon. And again, my hint is, you know, if you're really into chemical filtration media, use that, uh, look for uh, polybiomarine polyfilter. It's a great product. I love it. Um, and y- another point, use, again, sufficient quantities to achieve that look and condition that you want. And consider, um, you know, doing this slowly and carefully while in- engaging the impact of these additions to your life forms, particularly in an established aquarium. And continuously replace the botanicals which you're using as they decompose, again, mimicking what happens in nature. And finally, observe your aquarium carefully and you know frequently, which we all probably do, and test the water parameters regularly, the basic parameters, pH, alkalinity, TDS, phosphate, nitrate for that matter. Um, you know, you hear about people saying, ah, what about pH crashes and all this? I've, I've just never, never experienced this. And I'm not saying I'm some super aquarist or a genius or something. I just haven't had that happen. I've never had a tank crash. I've never had the pH plummet precipitously. I'm not saying this can't happen. Of course it can. I honestly don't know what people do 